Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow will the whole cruise all, yoo, and do some spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 adults. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at Select Spectrum Source. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Ah, 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 ah. Don't touch that dial. Light up a camel cigarette. C-A-M-E-L. And listen to Blondie. Before we drop over to the Bumstead House to visit Chick Young's famous characters, Blondie and Dagwood, a word from the makers of Camel Cigarettes. I think every one of you listeners who smoke will agree that when it comes to cigarettes, these three factors make for more smoking pleasure. They are mildness, coolness, and flavor. Now let's take a look at the facts and see how Camel Cigarettes rate in these three important factors. First, mildness. Well, common sense tells you that a fast, hot-burning cigarette will not smoke comfortably, but camels are slow-burning, mild and mellow. Camels give you extra mildness. Second, coolness. You don't need to be an expert to appreciate that the slower a cigarette burns, the cooler the smoking. Camels give you extra coolness. Third, flavor. Fast-burning creates heat, destroys the subtle elements of flavor and aroma. Slow-burning preserves flavor and lets it come through. Camels give you extra flavor. Yes, slow-burning camels give smokers extra mildness, extra coolness, and extra flavor. And extra smoking, too. More actual smoking for cigarette per pack. In recent impartial laboratory tests, camels burn slowest of all. 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brands tested. That means camels give a smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. And now it's time for our weekly visit with the Bumstead. We find Blondie in her spotless kitchen, just placing a huge dish of fresh baked cookies on the table. And here comes Baby Dumpling. Mommy, listen. Well, I was just wondering, there was a poor little boy at our front door just now. A poor boy? Uh Uh-huh. He was awful hungry, Mommy. I was just wondering if we could still get a couple of those cookies for a hungry boy, Mommy. Why, of course we can, dear. You bring him around to the desk door, and I'll fill his little hands with cookies. Okay, Mommy. That'd be awful, Patsy. <laughs> now, let's see. I'll give him one of these. <laughs> no. And a couple of these plastic ones. Poor little fella. And, uh... I just would get there three of these sugar cookies. Yes. Yes, I'm coming. Hello, Mama. Well, here's some cookies for you. Why, baby Dumpling, you're all alone. Where's the little boy who was so hungry? Well, Mama, uh, I'm here. Oh, baby Dumpling Bumstead. 
The idea of playing such a trick on me. April Fool, Mommy. Oh, April Fool, eh? Uh-huh. April Fool, can I have ice cookies now? April Fool, no, you can't. Uh-oh. Well, not till after dinner. These cookies are for your father because today is his birthday. But Daddy is born twice, Mommy. Why, no, dear. What an idea. Well, how does I get to have two birthday things? Well, you see, baby Duncan, uh, Daddy was really born in leap year. Uh-huh. Uh, that's leap year. Oh, that's the year that comes every four years. In leap year, the month of February has 29 days instead of 28. Well, your father was born on the 29th. That was tough. Of course, his family wanted him to have a birthday oftener than every four years, so they let him pick his own birthday, and he picked April 1st. Why did they pick April Fool's Day, Mommy? Well, I, I think it was so he'd remember that it was April Fool's Day and not get caught too often. But it didn't do any good. He always gets caught. I'll tell you that the way, Mommy. Hey, everybody home? What? Well, wait, Mr. Diggers. Hold on, I'm the captain. We're coming. Uh, now, be polite, baby. After all, he's daddy's dad. Okay, Mommy. Hello, baby dumplings. Hi, Mr. Diggers. Say, what's that on your neck? Huh? Where? Well, I, I don't feel anything on my neck. Oh, so full. That's an old head. Indeed. That's a good one. Well, Mr. Gibbons, this is a nice surprise. Surprise? Uh, didn't Dagwood tell you I was coming for dinner? Why, uh, no. This isn't another joke, is it? Well, it better not be. Dinner's no joking matter. Oh, well, all I meant was Dagwood didn't tell me, and dinner isn't ready. And... Yeah, I know. I came early. Wanted to let you in on something. Little surprise for Dagwood. Did he tell you it was his birthday? Oh, sure. That's the point. So I arranged a surprise. Now, if I tell you what it is, will you agree not to tell him? Of course. I won't spoil the surprise. Okay. It's a watch. A watch? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Diggers, how nice. But you shouldn't have done that. This isn't his real birthday, you know. That's an April Fool birthday. Oh, don't worry. The watch is April Fool, too. Oh, isn't it a good watch? Certainly not. It's just for a laugh. Now, listen. I make a speech, see, like this. In recognition of your unbroken record for being late at the office, I want to present you with this little token. When you open the box, watch out, because time flies. Then comes the big laugh. Oh. It's a trick watch, see? When he goes to lift it out of the box, it blows up. Blows up? Sure. Flies into a million pieces. It's a scream. Fella pulled it at the Civic Club the other day. I'm using the same watch. Oh, can it be put together again? Oh, sure. Jordan the jeweler can fix it for the next ball guy. He rents the watch. I'm on my way to his store now to get it. Now, remember, you gave me your promise not to tell Dagwood. Well, all right, Mr. Divers. Only Dagwood doesn't understand jokes like that very well. Oh, poppycock. He's got to learn to take a ribbing once in a while. I don't start dinner till I get back. I laugh better on a full stomach. <laughs> Oh, dear. What's the matter, Mommy? Well, I'm a little worried about Mr. Ditter's joke. Daddy's been kind of hoping he'd get a present from him. Uh, not so much for the present, baby, Duncan, as to kind of show that he's a friend. He'll be so happy when he gets the watch, and then when he finds out it's a joke, I'm afraid it'll be an awful letdown. Can't we do something about it, Mommy? I don't know. We can't seem like poor sports, but I... I don't like it. 
I bet you if I sat among myself for a long time, I could do something about it. Um, can I go out of here for a while, Mommy? Well, yes, dear. But don't be late for dinner. Oh, you're daddy now. Mommy! <laughs> hi, Blondie. Hi, baby. Don't <laughs> Oh, hello, dear. And happy birthday again. <laughs> yes, thanks. Bye, Daddy. Happy as a fool. Goodbye. Yeah, well, that was soon over. Well, what was his hurry? Oh, he's going outside to think. Think about what? Oh, April Fool jokes, I guess. Look, Edward, huh? you, uh, you don't mind much if people play jokes on you today, do you? Even if it is sort of your first one. No. I mean, no matter who played the joke on you, you wouldn't feel really badly, would you? No, no, honey, I can take a joke. Why, well, I like jokes. Oh, there's a phone. Maybe I'd better take it. No, no, it, it might be somebody wishing me happy birthday. <laughs> Hello. This is Mr. Bell of the telephone company. We're testing your line. Is it a joke, Douglas? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> this may be important. Maybe they uh, they uh, call old subscribers on their, their birthdays now on weekends. Uh, are, are you there, Mr. Bumstead? Uh, yes, Mr. Tell. Uh, I mean, Mr. Bell. Uh, will you stand back to your phone about uh, five feet? Huh? Oh, oh, sure. Sure. I am. Thank you. Now, whistle. Oh, yeah, glad to, of course. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Louder, please. Huh? Louder. Oh. My, you'd make a lovely canary. April Fool. Oh. <laughs> well, Dagwood. Yeah, you know, I knew it was a joke. I, <laughs> I didn't want to spoil his fun. I'm glad everybody else has such a good time on my birthday. Well, now, don't you care, Dad? I have a nice dinner for you. Dinner? Well, what are we waiting for? <laughs> we can't start dinner without Mr. Dibbett. Mr. Dibbett? Oh, that's right. Hey, how did you find out he was coming? Why, uh, uh I'll get it. Oh, no, no, a probably for me. You know, it's my birthday, and I... Hello? Good evening, Mr. Bumstead. Oh, I know, sir. Not at all. Uh, just a minute. What is it, Dad? What? Oh, it's the uh, light and color company. They're uh, worried about a street light out here. And... Well, it's okay. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Is the street light burning? Yeah, sure, it's burning okay. Well, don't. about when the phone rang. Oh, uh, at dinner. Why did you invite Mr. Ditters for dinner tonight, Dagwood? It was a matter of punctuation. Punctuation? Uh-huh. See, I just started to say, uh, uh, you must come out to the house for dinner, comma, uh, some night soon. Well? Uh, well, he put a period after dinner, and before I could finish, he said he'd be out tonight. No, I'll take that. This time, I'll show them who's an April fool. Mm-hmm. Hello! Listen! Fun is fun, but I've had enough nonsense from you. Oh, oh it's Mr. Dibbett. Oh, maybe he can't come, huh? Yeah. Uh, maybe you can't come, huh? Oh, no. Doctor, I'll be there. Huh? Let me talk to Blondie. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, coming, Blondie. He wants to talk to you. Oh. Um, hello, Mr. Dibbett. Now listen, Blondie. I'll be a little late. Told that you heard close the shop. Oh, well, I'm glad in a way. You, uh, won't have the, uh... Time, then? I'll have the watch. Don't worry. I made him send a clerk down to open up and let me get it. They 
broken the wrong watch? Yes, Mr. Willard. You've destroyed the best watch in my store. And it's going to cost you $150, Mr. Willard. Oh. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have a burning question to put before you tonight. As a matter of fact, it's the burning question on cigarettes. Does your cigarette burn fast, or is your cigarette slow burning? Smokers, believe me, it makes a difference the way your cigarette burns. And here's a sound, scientific explanation of that difference. Fast burning in a cigarette creates heat, and nothing interferes with mildness, coolness, and flavor like the excess heat of too fast burning. Slow burning, on the other hand, preserves flavor, lets it come through in the smoking. And of course, the slower a cigarette burns, the cooler and milder the smoking. That, friends, is why smokers turn to camel cigarettes. Camels are slower burning. In recent laboratory tests, camels burn 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brands tested, slower than any of them. That means camels give a smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Smokers who live in communities where certain state cigarette taxes are in effect can save the cost of the tax, and in some instances more, through smoking camels. If you live in a community where there are no added taxes on cigarettes, the savings are all yours. Camels are made from costlier tobacco and give you extra mildness, extra coolness, extra flavor. And as I said before, extra smoking. Equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Penny for penny, camels are your best cigarette buy. And now we return to the Bumstead's ringside, where Dithers and Jordan the jeweler are trying to outshout each other. A hundred and fifty dollars? Ah, to you, Mr. Dithers. Now listen. Listen to what? You had the floor. Now let me have a word. Have a thousand words. What does it get you? You owe me one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, yeah? Well, try and get it. Oh, I'll get it. Don't worry. I'm not worrying. Yeah, I am. Proposition to make. 
You put up $25, and I'll get you out of this. For $25? Not a chance. Oh, is that so? Well, I've seen Blondie get out of worse than this. I'm with you, Blondie. Oh, you are, eh? Okay, let me see you get him out of it, Mrs. Bunkett. All right, Mr. Jordan. Here goes. Now, you spoke of going to law just now. Oh, you want to go to law, eh? Uh, no, and neither do you. Because, Mr. Jordan, while you might make Mr. Bibbers look, uh, well, uh, not very generous, eh? uh-huh. Mr. Bibbers will make you, Mr. Jordan, look very, very silly. Eh? Uh-huh. Now, let's how would it sound in court, Mr. Jordan, when you had to admit that your agent or clerk didn't know the difference between a hundred and fifty dollar gold watch and an April Fool watch that falls apart? <laughs> well, I'm willing to arbitrate. Uh, now I'm going to ask you some questions. You don't have to answer, but I think you'd better, because the answers are all on your books, and, and the lawyer could get a court order to look at those books. You want to know prices? Uh-huh, and costs. I've got nothing to hide. Good. Now, what is the price of the trip watch? What's that got to do with anything? The watch that he smashed is $150. You said you had nothing to hide. Now, uh, what do you ask for the trip watch? $75. Oh, what a robber. Oh, a robber, am I? Now, I will go to law. Oh, now, wait. Mr. Diggers, if I'm going to settle this, you'd better leave us alone. Huh? Please. Now, now, you go on out in the kitchen and, and get a drink of water or something. All right, all right. Call me when Jordan hollers for help. <laughs> My, I'm glad you keep your dignity, Mr. Jordan. Never mind the soft soap, madam. I'm waiting for any facts you may have that will make me take less than $150 for that watch. All right. I'll give you facts. But first, uh, why do you value the trick watch so highly? It's a good rental property. In one year, I rented it five times, at five dollars a time. Mm-hmm. Six times, including Gibbous. Oh, I see. And how much did you actually pay for the trick watch? That's my business. Oh, I thought you had nothing to hide. Well, the trick watch cost me fifty dollars. I asked seventy-five because I'm entitled to fifty percent on any sale. That's what I wanted to know. Your profit is fifty percent. That would mean that the good watch only actually cost you one hundred dollars. Well, yes, and I might settle for that, but not one penny less. Well, we'll see. Uh, now, getting back to the trick watch, uh, it cost you fifty dollars, and you've made twenty-five dollars in rentals on it. So, if that watch got smashed. The real loss to you would be just twenty-five dollars. Now is that right? Oh yes. All right. Now Mr. Gibbers is offered to settle for twenty-five dollars. Oh, he has. Well, it won't work, Mrs. Bumstead. I'm going to be paid for the good watch because it was the good watch that he smashed. Not in the eyes of the law. Eh? Why not? I'd like to know. Well, uh, take this example. Your wife goes into a store where they have an original gown from Paris, value three hundred dollars. She better not buy it. Uh, she doesn't. They also have exact copies at $30 a piece. Your wife orders a copy. Well? Well, the store makes a mistake. They send her the original. Now, she didn't order that. She doesn't want that. She doesn't know she has it. But she wears it thinking it's the copy. Then she spills ink on it. She does? Is it paid for? Yes. She pays $30. But the store discovered their mistake. They bring a copy and ask for the original back. It's spoiled. So they bill her for $300. What? Well, I'd like to see them get it. I'm glad you see my point. But, but, but the watch is different. Not a bit. Now, listen. 
Mr. Bitters rented a watch. He got what he thought was a trick watch. He had every right to think that. He didn't order a good watch. He paid a rental to get a come-apart watch. When it didn't work the way you told him it would, he tried to make it work. Yeah, and he made it come apart all right. Of course he did. He'd paid to see it come apart. Now, I'm not sure he couldn't do you. Sue me? What for? Well, he'd paid you a sum to have a laugh on someone else. Instead, the laugh's been on him. If I said you had made him very ridiculous, he might get damages. I've had enough. You win. Oh, thank you. You can come in now, Mr. Gibby. Uh, bring me $25 this year. Ah, even I think, Jordan. Well, here's the $25. Yeah. Ah, that's a lot to pay for an April Fool joke. Now, you think you're stuck, eh? How about me? I'm out $125. You mean $75. I heard you admit the broken watch only cost $100. Well, then I'm out $75. That's $50 more than you are. But you're really not out any more than Mr. Dibby. Oh, I'm not, eh? But how do you think of that? Well, you have the trick watch, haven't you? I'll be lucky if I still have it when I leave here. How does that make me losing no more than Dibby's? He's only out $25. Don't you see? It's plain as the nose on your face. Listen. I'm listening. So am I. Now, Mr. Jordan had two watches. He paid $50 for one and $100 for the other. Total, $150. Right. He now has only one watch, but he values it at $75, his own figure. Right. So he has $75 plus $25 he made in rentals on it. Now, that's $100 plus $25 Mr. Zitter paid him for it. Now, that's $125, or only $25 less than he paid for both watches. He's right, Jordan. We're even. Now, now then, come on, sit down. Well, I don't mind. Good night. I'm going before she has me owing somebody money. I'm glad you mentioned that, Mr. Jordan. How about the five dollars rental, Mr. Gibbs says? Hey, what? It isn't fair to rent a man a thing that you also sell him and which you never get. You've got the watch, Mr. Jordan. I'm going. I think I've worn out my welcome here. Hey, wait. She's right again. Give me that call. I'll get him. Come back, Jordan. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Mimi. Hey, Swan, do you know what? No. What? Yeah. Baby, jump like a gummy. Come on. Yeah. And I tell Mommy what you told me upstairs. I was trying to tell everybody that I'm sick. Just that I brought better than what's true. What? How? <laughs> he took the money out of his pig bag. Oh, he had? So I wouldn't be disappointed when Mr. Gillis pulled his joke. Why, baby gentlemen, that was sweet. I went to the toy store and bought a watch for two hundred and thirty-eight cents. It was worth two hundred and fifty cents. Oh, like my little A bargain here. Where is the watch you got, baby? Yes. Got her, baby. Yes, I did as well. Oh, no, baby. Oh, yes, you did. When baby went to the coat closet to get that box for us to get it, this baby dumpling switched. Did watch for the one in Mr. Dither's pocket. But I thought I wouldn't have a joke played on me. Well, bless your heart. I don't care if I never get a watch with a son like that. But wait, then where is the good watch we thought was broken? I got it, Mama. Right here, see? Huh? Oh, <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, you got away from me. Hey, what's that? Huh? Oh, <laughs> it's the watch we thought you broke. Baby Dumpling saved it. Hey, how? <laughs> 
because of the little skullduggery in the closet. Uh, it was the white baby had bought his father that you wrote. Oh, it was, eh? Yeah, it took all my pennies to buy it, too. Well, let's see if we can't fix that. How much was Jordan out? Twenty-five dollars? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll pay him that, and then I'll own this watch. You have a bargain, too. Fifty dollars for a watch that retails at one hundred pennies. You mean Bailey will have a bargain? It's his. To pay for the one I broke. Oh, oh no. Uh, the, the difference in price, uh, that's too much. No, that wouldn't. I won't miss $50. The baby's watch cost him all he had. I'm getting off easy. Here, baby. Hi. Daddy. Huh? Speak, baby. Speak. Okay. Daddy. Huh? Yeah. That's the for the unbroken record of a good daddy. Oh. I would like to present you with a token or something. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, I can say it. I hope everybody that ever had a birthday had as good a one as I have. And, uh, oh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Well, Dagwood's birthday ended happily, despite all the April Fool jokes that were played on him. So join the Bumstead next Monday, when the makers of Camel Cigarettes again bring you Penny Singleton as Blondie and Arthur Lake as Dagwood. Let me also suggest that you listen to Camel's other standout shows. On Saturday, there's luncheon at the Waldorf with Ilka Chase. You'll find it a new high in daytime entertainment. On Saturday night, tune in and hear Bob Crosby and Mildred Bailey featuring... Music with a heartbeat. Well, that's a tip for your radio pleasure. And for your smoking pleasure, try camels. You'll find more pleasure for puffs, more puffs for fat. Our Blondie Orchestra is directed by Billy Art, who also creates the special musical effects. And this is Bill Goodwin speaking for the makers of Camel Cigarettes. Until Monday, good night all. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Testing privacy policy terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Testing rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. The message data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids and I need reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.